first time I'm meeting you, Catherine, and you have been here last year, but I couldn't make it. Catherine uh, uh, was trained in early childhood education and family therapy. Catherine is a career many, nanny, experienced with over 30 long-term positions in families and homes, families' homes. Wow, that's a great, uh, great thing, yeah? and uh, nice uh, uh, vocation. She is well-being director and performer for Perth Playback Theatre, a troupe of improvised actors that have been described as reflective empathy for people's everyday stories. She supports the financial and personal empowerment of local and global women through Western Australia's Division of Business and Professional Women, uh, known as BPW, and the Philanthropic Giving Circle 100. Philanthropic Giving Circle 100 Women. She is a new volunteer with Griefline Australia, a community-driven helpline for anyone with experience of loss. Uh, her surname, you, is very easy to confuse with Y-O-U-U, but it's differently <laughs> spelled. A turning point can be explored through finding gentle yet firm answers to the question, are you enough just as you are in this kind moment? I, I guess that is something you have, uh, you are going to explore, I guess. So with that, and uh, formalities are over, so we can uh, do the guided meditation part and uh, Probably, I was. I don't. I will sit somewhere on this side so we can. Please take a seat and uh, sit comfortably. This will be about 30 minutes of guided meditation. And uh, just before, are there, is there anyone who is new to Dhammaloka meditation? Good. Okay, one, one person, okay. Two, 
oh, that's great, excellent. And uh, we will uh, start from the very beginning then. So that's great. Please sit comfortably. You could sit on a chair, you could sit on a cushion. Oh, Buddha gave four postures for meditation, standing, walking, sitting, or lying down. So here we encourage either on the sitting posture, on a chair or a cushion. So <coughs> you would hear many things that you have already heard, those who have been coming here frequently. But you have learned from Majan Brahm, Majan Brahmali, and uh, have been around them for over 30 years. So <laughs> Majan Brahm says, you can sit anywhere, but there is a very important posture, part of the posture. Have a smile on your face. The smile will make you happier, and the happy mind will make the Happy body, happy body in turn will make mind happier. Symbiosis, symbiotic uh, relationship. So, I will uh, speak for five to six minutes, then start the guiding meditation. First of all, as there are two newcomers, three or maybe two, um, why do we meditate? The purpose is to calm the mind and to let go of our mental defilements because we don't speak no verbal defilements, we don't do anything, no bodily defilements. It's the mental uh, unwholesome qualities that we endeavor to let go. Why do we want to make the mind calm? Buddha said, a calmer mind will let us see our mind as it is. In other words, we will see things as they are. Through many lifetimes, we have been conditioned to see things in unrealistic ways. They are called distorted perceptions in Pali, Sanyavipallasa. So the Sanyavipallasa or distorted perceptions make us go through this life cycle, what the Buddha calls sansar. So our aim, final aim of any Buddhist is to end the life cycle of sansar. We cannot do it until we see things as they really are. So the meditation would finally help us on that path. One of the questions that arise fairly frequently, I do some guided meditation teaching at Curtin University as well through Buddhist society, uh, comes is why we get an unending cycle of thoughts. In a sutta titled Dveha Vitaka Sutta, two kinds of thoughts, Buddha said that whatever that we frequently think, 
will be the slant of our mind. So if we frequently think on sensual pleasures, then our mind will be turning towards that. If we think in terms of renunciant thoughts about loving kindness, harmlessness, that type of things, then our mind will settle on those. With that type of thoughts, it is easier to calm the mind. So, Ajahn Brahm, about two years ago, wrote a um, very nice article into Enlightened Times called Mindfulness. In there, he quoted the Sutta that the, that the Buddha said, there are two things that determines our spiritual life. The uh, Sutta is called Bhikkhu Sutta in Sangita Nikaya 47. And uh, there the Buddha said, two things that, is, that will drive our spiritual life is the right view and our virtue, ethics. So if there are any problems with meditation, that is where the source is. That is where the purification needs to start. The view about this world and our own virtues. For lay people like us, keeping the five precepts completely look after that side. Just the five precepts. If we keep the five precepts, we are purifying our virtue. We are on the path that the Buddha has shown us. So, with those little words, I will start the guided meditation now. So again, most of us are sitting comfortably. If you are not, take a minute, half a minute to adjust your posture. So. Again, I like to emphasize that there is no right or wrong posture. It is the posture that would agree with your body. And uh, so please, and if you feel your legs tired, buttocks aching, feel free to change very quietly. I will be, this evening, I will be following. And also, Ajahn Brahmali says, be a passenger on a train. Quite distinct from a passenger on a bus. Because you can't talk to the driver. You are just a passenger. You got to go where it takes you. So, we'll let our mind do the work. We will not order the mind. We will not dictate, we will consider our mind as our friend. We will be very kind to us. How can we be kind to us? By not wanting to change, by not wanting anything else. So let's, we will start with the body scan. I normally start from my right foot. I'm already wriggling my toes. The Feel the toes, right foot. Gradually feel the back of the foot. 
onto the top of the foot. If there is any spot, any area gives, giving you ache or pain or tiredness, relax them. A relaxed body will help mind to be relaxed. So we will come up on the along the shin bone, along the calf muscle, along the two side muscles, slowly and gradually we will get to the right knee. The knees have been bearing our weights, helping us throughout our life, so we will be kind to every part of our body. We will move on the thigh muscles, around the thighs, right, we are on the right leg, one to the right buttock. Feel the sensation of the thigh touching the cushion or the chair. We can start on the left. I wriggle, I'm wriggling my toes. It's a habit. And uh, back foot. We don't label anything. We are just aware, simply this moment, here and now, just the body. It doesn't belong to me. It's just made up of four elements, on the left foot, the ankles, going up on the shin bone, calf muscle, this is on the left lower leg, onto the knee, along the thigh muscles, onto the left buttock. Feel the sensation. Weight is equally distributed onto the two buttocks. Back, I start from the left side of the back coming up, feel it. On the right side of the back, along the spinal cord canal, then feel the whole back. Shoulders, relax the shoulders. If it is not being relaxed, scrunch for a second and then let it go. Relaxation of shoulders will make the whole area relaxed. Going along the ears, up to the head, here, whole head, top of the head, 
neck, forehead coming down along the face, eyebrows, dice. can give loving kindness to any part, any organ that is a little bit not right into the nostrils. Around the mouth, have a smile on the face, have a smile Smile will relax the muscles, face muscles, facial muscles, round eyes, going down onto the front of the body, left side of the front going down. We have the heart there. On the left side we have the spleen and the mesentery. On the right side, we have the lungs, liver, bile, kidneys, urinary tracts, bowels, intestine, contents of the stomach. These are all from the Buddha's teaching, these body parts. Kayagata Satisutta, and uh, we come up onto the shoulders, onto the left arm, elbows, left elbow, the lower arm, the wrist, palm, back of the palm fingers, nails, right shoulder going down, elbow, right elbow, right lower arm, wrist, right hand, right palm, back of the palm, right fingers, nails, Feel the relaxed body. When the body is relaxed, mind will be relaxed too. Breath is coming up. Don't go chasing the breath. If the breath comes up, stay with the breath. If not, stay with whatever that is there. Emperor's three questions. Whatever that is there is the most important. Important time is now, here and now. What we have to do is, most important thing to do is care. Care for whatever that is there. It doesn't matter with the thought or breath. Stay with that. 
those who are familiar with the breath stay with the breath no effort no force here and now so i will stay quiet slight silent until the end of the meditation
we are getting closer to the end of this session of meditation. I will ring the bell in a short while. Please wait till the bell stops the ring and then you can open your eyes. Before that, please take a minute to review your meditation. What worked? What didn't work? Whatever the outcome? What are the causes? Is my mind peaceful? Am I relaxed? Am I relaxed? That will be the data for our practice. That is the end of the meditation session tonight and thank you for joining and uh, please take a minute or two to stretch your legs and I invite Catherine when she's ready to come and take the seat. Is it on? Okay. <sighs> Namo dasa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhasa Namo dasa bhagavato arahato Sama Sambudasa Namo Dasa Bhagavato Avahato Sama Sambudasa Thank you all for being here and thank you so much Ananda for that beautiful meditation. Um, thank you Robert for being here as well. Robert's my partner's father who's come to support me and um, I'm very honored to be sitting here with um, the image of the Buddha behind me and um, for those new to this building um, I believe it was hand-built by Ajahn Brahm um, was it under the guidance of Ajahn Jagaro 
and with encouragement of Ajahn Chah, um, I think he was overseas in Thailand at the time. Um, so there's a very rich heritage to this place and this building. And uh, yeah, it's it's been a long time since I've been back, but it feels like such a warm welcome and a refuge, which I'm I'm very grateful for. So in acknowledging the sense of community and community spirit that lives on to this day from, from its humble beginnings, um, I would also like to start my talk with an acknowledgement of country. Um, I think it's the, the season of, of Jilba. I'll just look it up. It was, yes, described as a mix of wet days with increasing number of clear cold nights and pleasant warmer days. So the University of WA School of Indigenous Studies says that the Jilva season literally translates as the grassy time when the preceding months of rainfall are reflected in the wealth of vegetation now growing also known as the season of conception because of the beautiful flowers that are blooming and the new life that is being born with the different animals. And um, I think that the weather and the season of changes and the legacy of, of monks and nuns who come down all the way from the line of the Buddha is a really beautiful um, image in thinking of, of transitions, um, turning points, and um, the things that stay the same as well as the things that change. So tonight for my talk, I've prepared three stories and a poem before question and answer time. And I, I really hope to have a a discussion with everyone because I haven't been to the Buddhist Society very much. So I would really, really like to know more and learn more from all of you as well. Thank you so much. Um, so my first story is to do with uh, a little boy that I've looked after. And um, I suppose the focus is on how I'm trying to to use the Buddhist principles and kindness in, in um, maintaining that sense of dignity and nobility that, that is often talked about for all parties. Um, my second talk is, my second story is about how I try to be kind to myself and my third talk is about trying to apply those skills with a stranger. So between the months of April, May, June, July, um, within four months, the little boy that I've looked after has moved house maybe three or four times um, because the family I looked after found their dream house and um, to buy it, they actually had to sell their existing house in a very, very short amount of time. And to do that, they had to renovate, which meant we needed to go to an Airbnb. And that Airbnb was um, sold within 
so we only had two weeks there, so we had to move to another Airbnb and then finally move back to the original home for the final six weeks. So my little boy, he's only, he's not even five, he's four, and he was <laughs> not, well, he, he dealt very well in, in, in the context, but he was very stressed. He was a very stressed little boy. And one morning I, uh, I turned up and there was a very quick handover and he, um, he went outside and I think he was trying to do the right thing by not, um, by not being a bother when I was talking with his parent. But we found him outside smashing his scooter against, a, against the gate and the door and um, it, I had to tell him not to do that and he just had a massive meltdown so I brought him inside and gave him a really big cuddle and I, I said I'm well he, he really wasn't in a space to take in anything he was just so 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 upset he was crying and saying all sorts of hurtful things to me so I just stayed there because um, sometimes people have those moments and the most important thing was being kind to him and holding space and then once he was calmer I said well I'm here and it wasn't quite the right thing to be smashing the, the uh, scooter against the, the door. Um, and I've had quite firm conversations with him sometimes. Um, I'm not always as soft voiced as I am at the moment, but we, even, even though I have to lay boundaries and he gets really upset, he doesn't, he, hmm. It's, well, I suppose what I'm trying to say is what is the image of the human being that we have in mind, whether we talk to a child or whether we talk to another adult? Um, And I'm having a think at the moment because I think I went on a trail. Um, hmm. I'm going to refer to my notes. <laughs> Let's see. My other notes. 
Thank you, everyone. Well, actually, one of the reasons I was telling this story is because when um, Ariel, our current um, coordinator, called me, it was on the morning. I, this incident happened on the morning that she called me all the way back in April. So we had a really great chat and <laughs> it's a little bit far away for me to remember. <laughs> so these are literally the notes that I wrote um, on that morning. Oh, that's right, it said, turning points and evolutions um, inner nobility and inner dignity and respect. Yes, so I guess for me, it's the element of in really tricky situations, really difficult, I can see all the different conflicts and all the, all the elements that this boy was struggling with. How do I see the inner Buddha of that little boy? And how do I try to maintain the inner Buddha of myself in relationship to him? Because I, everyone was once a baby Everyone will want, will grow up um, until their point of passing. And it's, uh, transitions are really precious to me. And speaking of transitions, when, uh, so this is going on to my second story. When, when Ariel called me, um, I actually locked myself out of the house. <laughs> so she, I was coming home from, well, coming back to work from doing the grocery shopping and the school drop-off, and Ario called me, so I picked up the phone as I was trying to unlock the door, and um, it was a new house. It was one of the Airbnbs, and I couldn't get the key in, and finally I got a key in. It was great, but it was not the right key, so I actually couldn't turn the key in the doorknob which was a bit stressful, so I breathed through it. I had a lovely, lovely Ariel on the phone, so I was juggling that and the groceries, and I managed to find my way in, and I figured, okay, I'll just finish the call with Ariel first, and <laughs> then I'll, I'll see if I need to get a locksmith and tell my bosses if, <laughs> if that's necessary. Um, and I really, really like being able to breathe because if I didn't, I would be very, very stressed. Um, and I really liked the talks by Ajahn Brahm about just being kind in the moment and um, remembering that you just can only do one thing at a time sometimes and the best you can do is, is enough. Um, so that was that was really nice actually it was it was definitely a shock um, but managed to stay cheerful um, <laughs> despite locking myself out of the new house um, and and I think that that reminds me of the story of the two arrows where life happens sometimes and and then you know the first arrow is the one that that's reality. And then there's the second arrow of the mind where you can choose how to, to make sense of, of the experiences that 
come across your way. Um, and sometimes I can be quite harsh at myself, um, on myself. It was definitely my fault <laughs> that I, I put the wrong key in. Oh, that's right. After the call, I managed to, I, I looked up some um, help tutorials on YouTube. I didn't actually manage to follow the instructions very well. But by that time, I had been breathing. I'd had a really, really nice chat with Ariel, who was so nice. Um, and then in being calm, I managed to wiggle the key out of the, of the door, um, which was really great because I didn't need to call a locksmith. And then I made a system so that I knew which key was the right one and uh, problem solved, which was, which was really great. Um, and then I think in that same week, uh, I went, I went to do more grocery shopping and so my third story, grocery shopping, uh, I went to quite a busy, busy shopping mall actually. So I made sure to go after lunch when I knew everyone was starting to leave. And, uh, you know, sometimes when it's a bit of a rush and people, park in the spot that you want and it's really quite rude um i actually ended up being one of those people who did that because because i i was driving around there were fewer spots than i was expecting um two people were coming out but there were people behind me so i let them i i let those spots go and and let the people behind me park there but we were kind of at a weird cross-section where two other people were trying to come out where I was blocking them. Um, there was a, another car coming through and we were in a really bad gridlock. So I was, the only place that I could go was, was into a car park that someone had already indicated into. Um, so I did that. All traffic started flowing really nicely again. But then the person who was, who had indicated started honking. And uh, I started getting stressed. I was, I was like, are they gonna go? Are they gonna let it go? Or are they gonna hold on to it? Um, turns out they really, really wanted to hold on to that spot that I had just taken. And so I sat in my car because I was really scared. And then the person came out and started yelling and I got really scared because I thought, oh, this person is so angry. I think they might actually scratch my car. So I locked the door, didn't get out, didn't even apologize, and just kind of waited until they drove off. And then I thought, oh, no, how is this Buddhist? And how, how, how do I see this from a Buddhist perspective? Um, when there are situations of intensity and distress and I can see this person's point of view and also I can see the broader context, um, what is the right thing? And is there potential for peace? Where's the responsibility that I have and that other people have as individuals and adults in creating a peaceful world?
Um, and that's something I think I'd like to to learn more from in terms of our question and answer time. And yeah. Yeah. The mindset of kindness, respect and dignity for all within challenging situations. And so those three stories lead me to my joke about the twin nature of consciousness. And um, this poem is called Sam and Sarah. Through a pleasant haze I wandered, trampling careless, trampling careless sand dunes as purposefully as a troll. Freshly manured, the scent of roses demanded a final rest. Collapsing, liquid flowers erupted, sending burning nectar into my existence. In agony, I drank the unfamiliar. Bitter poetry escaped. I knew I lived. Through a pleasant haze, I wandered trampling careless sand dunes as purposefully as a troll. Collapsing, liquid flowers erupted. Freshly manured, the scent of roses demanded a final rest as purposefully as a troll. In agony I drank through a pleasant haze. I knew I lived. Freshly manured, I demanded the scent of roses, burning nectar into my existence. In agony, I drank. Bitter poetry escaped. I knew the unfamiliar, collapsing. Flowers erupted. Into my existence, I drank. Rest. I wandered, a pleasant troll, freshly manured, escaped my existence. A final rest, in agony, I knew I lived, bitter poetry, pleasant, careless, freshly manured, the scent of roses, burning sweet nectar into trampled sand dunes, collapsing liquid flowers erupted. I escape into my existence, into being present here and each unfolding moment, now and now and now, now. From minor to major transitions, small scale to universal transitions, may we all take refuge in our triple gem, the Buddha, Dhamma, Sangha, in the deepest places of confusion, hope, and loving kindness toward all facets of, ex of existence, seen and unseen. May we all turn and find our points, 
hopefully without being too rude. Homage to the Blessed One, the Perfected Ones, the Fully Awakened Ones. Namo Tassa Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambuddhasa Namo Tassa Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambuddhasa Namo Tassa Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambuddhasa Sadhu Sadhu Sadhu. I'd love to hear everyone's thoughts and uh, Ananda will be helping as well. And Bill. <laughs> Thank you, Bill. If there are any questions, any on the talk, on the meditation, or anything to do with uh, Buddhist teachings, this is the opportunity. Please feel free. Hello, I'll say something. Yeah, Catherine. Is yeah. that you, um, Eddie? Uh, Uncle Eddie, hello. Oh, Uncle, <laughs> Uncle Eddie. <laughs> Your two stories, okay? Yeah. The first one, the story regarding the child, yeah. was angry. Yeah. yeah. What came to my mind, you know, okay? The Buddha's teaching is hatred or anger is not appeased by hatred or anger. Only by love is it quailed, you know. Mm. So to stop the child, in, the, you know, in this case, you, you can, you know, do the, you know, you, you can deal, yeah. yeah. Give the, the understanding, you talk to him this thing, you, he's, he's angry, okay? So you quill it down, you can talk to him, he can understand you. Mm, yeah. That is my thinking, yeah. okay? Th That's there's my a, a lot of neuroscience now that actually supports that view as well. Yeah. In terms of um, Dan Siegel, he's a child psychiatrist and the founder of Interpersonal Neurobiology. He talks about flipping the lid. Mm. So there's three basic parts to the brain. We've got the brain stem, the limbic system, which is all about emotions, and then there's the prefrontal cortex. Mm. And whenever um, the limbic system or the emotions are too fired up, mm. they can flip the lid so people stop being able to think mm. unless they've got a very well-integrated brain where they're able to have very strong emotions at the same time as thinking and um, the the outcomes of having a very integrated brain are kindness, compassion, mm -hmm. and understanding. Mm -hmm. mm. Okay, the, the second story <laughs> regarding the, the parking, you know, mm. and the man is angry. Oh, it's a woman. A woman, is it? <laughs> oh, a woman, yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> so, in this case, you can't apply the, the uh, mm. you know, the. Uh, you know, the love, you know? Yeah, the like power dynamics are very angry, different. You know, okay? yeah. So what you do is, at the same time, you, you don't want to reflect. The person definitely has got negative energy in the person. Mm. The person is not a peaceful person, this thing. We're just like going or, or you know, it's a lot of friendly people too, you know? Mm. It's just nothing, you know? So if the person is angry, I wouldn't reflect on the person's anger. Yeah. I would probably just humble myself, say, oh, I'm sorry, this thing, you know? 
and I'll, I'll just drive away, you know. I wouldn't reflect on the like a mm. fight, you know. Oh, I'm going to get yeah. space or what? You say I'm wasting my time, you know. Yeah. And you, it's not good for you because you're reflecting on the person's negative energy, you know. Yeah. There's a lot that we don't yeah, know don't. in terms of the emotional tone that we take mm. on mm. from the outside world mm-hmm. versus being able to hold our own space. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how do we also still maintain that sense of nobility, mm. that sense of dignity for ourselves and for another human being regardless of what, what situation unfolds? Yeah. And then you, you don't f- wish bad on, onto, onto the lady, okay? Mm-mm. But you just feel sorry for her, this thing, you know? For having such, you know, like a anger. Yeah. You know, and of course, this is going to hurt her, hurt her, you know? Yeah, there was something really yeah. important for her that she wanted to hold on to. Yeah. And it's struggling with that loss. Yeah. That loss of not being able to have that. And I think everyone can relate to that sense of despair even if the actions are not acceptable, the emotion, the common humanity is, is understandable. Thank mm. you for your talk. Thank you, Reddy. Any other questions? Yeah, um, my comments about the the last story as well with the parking, in that, well, thinking of her perspective, well, it wasn't very Buddhist of her to get all angry about it, but like, yeah, from her perspective, I think, well, like, stuff happens all the time, you know? I I kind of zoned out when you were explaining how exactly the gridlock stuff happened, but it sounded (laughs) like you didn't didn't have much of a choice about it. you had to do it. But also, like, it could have been an accident, you know? Like, maybe you didn't, I don't know, maybe you didn't notice them there. Oh, no, I, I saw she, the blinker was there. She it, was waiting. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> but in another kind of incident where it could have been an accident that that happened. <laughs> or maybe, maybe you're, 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 maybe you were a jerk and you purposefully cut them off. In any case, like, it happened. And she could have, you know, she did get all angry about it and got on her rant, but it would have been more Buddhist of her to just go like, oh, well, that happened. All right, let's move on. And like, from your perspective, like, sometimes things like that just have to happen. Sometimes, sometimes you have to be a jerk on purpose. Sometimes it's an accident. And whether or not they get angry, you just like, move on. You just say, oh, well, you know, you could have got out and apologised, but it doesn't matter if you don't. Like you said, you were a bit, you were a bit scared. She was being a bit, you were being a bit angry. So just like, just think, oh, well, that happened. It just, just doesn't really matter. Just forget about it. I think you've raised some really important themes around acceptance, letting go, authenticity. Yeah, on both sides. On both sides. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Actually, um, I I just remembered a story. I think Ajahn Brahm was talking about the time where the monks got in a fight. The monks aren't supposed... Well, he was saying... There was one of the talks I listened to, and he was saying that, you know, the monks aren't supposed to get angry at each other. Everyone thinks monks are, like, super, super chill and perfect, but... 
he was saying, you know, everyone's really human and the monks were fighting over something or other. They got into arguments and, and there was like this, this tension between, between two main monks. And I don't really remember the full story, but um, at mealtime, the, the fight kind of came to a head and one of the other monks said something, Ajahn Brahm um, was put in the position of, of responding and everyone had their eyes on him because it was go time. <laughs> and somehow Ajahn Brahm maintained his dignity at the same time as the other monk's dignity. And because everyone was on the same page around following the Buddha and his example, that level of respect um, changed the, the emotional tone of the whole room because they were able to see a, like a third option. So instead of just one or the other being right, there was like a new level of understanding. And um, I really wish I could remember the story. Does anyone? Yeah, the, uh, the story was, uh, Ajahn Brown was wiping his bowl with a cloth mm. and the other monk was complaining. He said, oh, you shouldn't have wiped it. That cloth has been used for the, uh, something else as well, so you shouldn't be wiping the cloth with that. You should go to another cloth. And so Ajahn Brown just stopped wiping and he went to where the clean cloths were. He just got a clean cloth and started wiping the, his bowl with a clean cloth. Was that it? And that was the end. And, you know, and everybody was looking on <laughs> and saying what, what, what happened. But <laughs> oh, the drama. <laughs> <laughs> This is Buddhist drama, everyone. <laughs> wow, well, well, good for him, good for hygiene, and uh, I guess, yeah, it's pick your battles, I guess, pick, pick your battles. <laughs> Hello, thank you so much for sharing about the little boy. I really related. Um, I have a son with autism and mm. very high needs yeah. and I'm faced with that every day um, and it's beautiful to reinforce you know the importance of the you know the Buddhism teachings and my spiritual practice in that you know and you're so right you know um, the room changes when we remain calm and um, and just you know when it comes from the heart instead of all about control you know and the expectations we have particularly with children or anybody for that matter, you know. So, yeah, it really um, reinforces that, you know, I'm on the right pathway and, um, yeah, he's my biggest teacher. And, um, yeah, it's very moving to hear, so thank you. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Catherine, it just came to my mind again, you know, Regarding the two stories you told us earlier, yeah, the Buddha was saying, okay, patience, tolerance, and understanding are the highest virtues everyone should practice. 
When the person said, wow, you know, are the highest patience, tolerance and understanding are the highest virtues everyone should practice. So we have to practice in, in like, like, you know, like, a, is, it, is it the problem? Patience, tolerance too, you know, mm. and understanding of the person too. Is this, you know, I went, wow, why, why highest virtues? But that's the saying in the, in the Dhammapada. Mm. Yeah, I think about the, um, the term, uh, was it Kaliara Mita? The, the spiritual friendship, um, patience, tolerance, and, and understanding. I think that's the foundation of any friendship. And I, I think if we can, there's a saying that a hero has no enemies. And I wonder if that's kind of a play on the words of a hero doesn't have the image of an enemy in their own mind and therefore they can be friends regardless of um, circumstances. And I'm thinking of, I think Ajahn Brahm was talking about um, when it comes to war and the Buddhist mindset of, um, uh, not prisoners of war, but the, the when, I think it was, um, the, the Nazis, when they were trialed at the end of the Second World War, um, there were some who, who admitted to all of their crimes. And there was, um, I think Ajahn Brahm was saying something like, the Buddhist way of looking at another human being is to, is to not lock them into one identity. Um, I mean, he says some very challenging things for me to hear sometimes, Ajahn Brahm, but it's that idea of if, if we always look at another human being as another human being, then we do our part to not lock them into almost um, minimizing their potential and their humanity. And we can give them and ourselves the environment and relationship to um, to grow and develop in in our Buddha nature. So, I I still struggle a lot with that in terms of where where is the line of applying that and so so when it came to like the 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 like the generals of war who had perpetrated lots and lots of atrocities. According to what I've heard of Ajahn Brahm, or what I remember of Ajahn Brahm speaking, he was saying that the Buddhist way to look at them is to see, okay, they've done all these horrible things, but look at also their immense skill sets. And um, how can we tolerate and welcome them so that we can, if, if they're not causing harm anymore or don't want to cause that level of harm, how can we, can we give them a place of respect and um, welcome within the Buddhist community? Uh, 
<laughs> even even after all those terrible things, like what is the state of someone's heart and what is the state of um, whoever is in authority to welcome them in, back into society. I think, can I just say, since, since you say discussion, I'm not taking all your place, no, not at all. You know. It just came to my mind. Can I just say something? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, you know, the, um, the Buddhist, Buddhist, okay, we are also not a walkover. You know. Tell you this is a story from BGF, okay, yeah. Mm. During the Buddha's time, you know, he was walking, you know, uh, across this household, see? and this person in the house, asked, as, he, as he walked past, asked him, hey, you come in. So he went in. So when he was inside, he said, okay, you get out, you know. And he went out, you know. So this happened three times, you know. After the third time, this thing, the Buddha says, he's not going in, he gave him a piece of his mind, and he walked away, you know. Mm, so mm. the gist behind all the, the, the story is, okay, use your mind, this thing, okay, to judge things, okay? And Buddhist, Buddhist we are not a walkover. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, you that you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah, uh, that, that reminds me of another story, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're not a walkover. You have you have to use the discretion. Mm, yeah, yeah. I, I think that that resonates for me personally, um, because when I first started looking after children, I used to be very very soft. Like for example, um, at a childcare center when I was doing my placement, I used I was leaning over, and there was a little boy who was so excited he would hug me, but he would grab my neck, and. And I would feel so scared of saying stop or I need to breathe that the other um, actual the room leaders and the, and the staff members had to actually intervene for me because I was too scared to say no or hurt his feelings or otherwise be mean. Um, so I've learned a lot as, as someone who's been working for, with children for about 12 years now to be able to, to have um, respect for myself but also more trust and respect in children. Um, and as you were speaking, I, I thought of a story by the, um, I think it was the, yeah, I think it's the story where um, the Buddha, his monks actually started arguing a lot, so much so because it was like a really tense and negative atmosphere. The Buddha actually walked out on his own monks um, and he said, well, if you're not being good monks and your community isn't feeding you because you're not serving them, then you deserve to starve. So sort it out, and then I'll come back later when it's, when it's all better. Um, so he was very clear about what he wanted. And he, yeah, he, he didn't just take care of, of his monks in that sort of way he got them to take care of themselves and to develop maturity and from that maturity that that's the gift that they um, I think are still asked to give back to the community their wisdom oh. mm. the, the spiritual food Uh, I think we've got about 15 minutes left if 
if anyone else wants, or we're good? We're good? Yeah. Well, thank you so much, everyone. I hope it's been a, a pleasant time. Thank you for your Friday night. Thank you for coming, Catherine, and thank you for sharing all those nice stories and putting a Buddhist perspective into your work. And that's great. We look forward to see you next year, too. Okay. Thank Thank you. Oh, and if anyone wants to speak, I'll just stay up here. Thank you.